0: The potatoes.
1: Oh, Hey,
0: welcome right. to the Potato cast. That was, oh my God. How was it? Was it all right was, or no?
2: It sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in a Lucky Charms that
0: commercial.
1: Was bad. <sighs> Keep it rolling.
0: Potato. <laughs> all right, yeah. So, uh, season five, episode six, six of Book Record Beer taking place on the Feast of the Irish. St. <laughs> Patrick's. Just kidding. Saint, Pat, Saint Patrick. Um, so Daniel, uh, the most Irish out of these three Italian boys, has chosen this one. Incorrect. Saint... In- All right. I he's the only one that's hammered before the cast started, so I'm gonna say I- I'm, I'm you might more be, Irish than both of you. You might be very incorrect, sir, because you have not brought that to the cast <laughs> in preparation, is what I'm saying. Uh but Daniel say hello to to the crowd that's
1: that's
0: my hello he's been doing he's been doing that for like a half hour before we started folks and it's really weird it's uh it's a it's got me in great spirits though um (laughs) I've been
1: in great spirits for a couple of hours (laughs) uh, listener just gonna tee him up
0: just gonna tee him up he's gonna knock him down uh Nicholas say hello
2: hi everybody um I'm not having nearly as much fun as Daniel, but I am in a good mood today.
0: You are on your way, though, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Oof>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're like the leprechaun from the movie The Leprechaun.
1: Or Family Guy. I was thinking how he dances around. Or The Simpsons, rather. Uh, rather. Forgive me.
0: There you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or Potato Famine version of Popeye.
0: There you go. Popeye. I, that was yeah. what I was trying to think of. Um, so let's get into it. What did what did our uh, our buddy Daniel pick for us today? We have... A (laughs) debut novel named Luster by one Raven Lelani. Is that correct? Sounds good. Lelani? I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, You coupled that, my friend, with the uh, self titled album by Liana Lahavos. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be uh, drinking, we're going to say the straight up regular Guinness. Original stout.
1: Yeah, we're, yeah, we're sampling a few different varieties. Uh, yeah, but the focus is is the black stuff, pure, yes. straight from the can.
0: Absolutely. And we're talking about Guinness. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we we're also dabbling. We're we're dipping our toes. Well, yeah. more like we're diving into the 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 cold brew as well. Because yeah, they
1: had their they they just released a uh, coffee stout which is yeah. Guinness with coffee. And then also a d- uh, bourbon barrel-aged uh, stout, which is yeah. meh. Yeah, we could talk about
0: it. Yeah, we'll get into um, it. Yeah, we'll get into it. So uh, before we do, however, and this is an allusion to the story, dear listener, um, I'm going to introduce these dudes. If I were to introduce these dudes as famous adulterers, mm. <laughs> this is – how i would introduce them uh, daniel i would introduce you as john proctor
1: uh, of, uh, of proctor and gamble
0: of uh the crucible um <laughs> i hope that wasn't serious and that's just you i listen Who, who's john proctor <laughs> what hey. the fuck Hey, listen, man. (laughs) Of Proctor and Gamble. Was that business tycoon really an adulterer? I don't believe it. Pshaw. Pshaw. No, Daniel, the famous literary masterpiece um, that takes down McCarthyism. Jesus. Uh, So in any case, uh, I said John Proctor because I could see you getting caught up in some shit Trying to do the right thing after the fact, and it just just crushing you somehow baby I could just i baby. I could see you just getting <laughs> getting into it, you know uh, 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 one misstep and then it all <laughs> comes crashing down thought it was a, a, an enormous <laughs> level
1: thought it was the right thing to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> no um, oh my God, oh God, I just placed my pint down like. Could not have been more half on the table, half off. That's good casting. People oh, like to hear that. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, listen, man. They're going to hear the tremor in my voice for the next five minutes. So uh, <laughs> I, I believe we were all here when I poured a pint into my computer all those casts ago. So um, let's uh, fear right. is give real. me a moment right. to, to yeah. relax. Yeah. Uh, Nick Gregorio, I would introduce you as Zeus. Because you, my friend, <laughs> not because you're a serial adulterer or anything like that, um, okay. but because you love myth. one. It's true. And two, because I he gets bored. And I could see you getting bored and just being like, how do I? Um, I'm going to go out
2: and sow um, my
0: seed. But it's more like he doesn't even, he's just, he's like him and Harry are just fucking with people. They're just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, what do you want to do? I'm just, let's, let's just, it's a rainy day activity, it feels like. So, um, in any case, I <laughs> know that's that, I hope that's not triggering for anybody. I realize that there's a lot of stuff going on there. If you are familiar with uh, ancient Greek myth, of course, that's not cool at all. But I was just adding some levity to the famous adulterer introductions. Yeah, Zeus, baby. He's talking <laughs> to her.
1: Hey. She's just a goat. She's just a goat.
0: Or a cow, right? <laughs> What's he turn? He turns Io into a cow. And uh, what's her name gets turned into a tree, right? Yeah. The laurel tree uh, that is then just like as a slap in the face used to crown men. You think he'd be better on.
1: at it? He did it so much. Do you think he'd be better?
0: <laughs> yeah. He's just a why god. Doesn't he improve? He's the god of yeah. gods. You've you've conquered the other gods. Hey, that's pride, right? That's pride. <laughs> there you go. A little hubris.
1: Yeah. Um. So Nicholas Mahalik um, if I was to introduce you as a famous speaking ab- of hubris adulterer. Um, I would not make you an adulterer because okay. I can't think of any right now. But I did watch a because s- I'm toasted. Because I am... <laughs> um, <laughs> I do remember a movie called Unfaithful from 2002 with Richard Gere and Diane Lane.
0: Yeah, and uh, you
1: would be Richard Gere's character who was the cuckold.
0: Yeah, only thanks.
1: because <laughs> when he goes when he goes to the dude's house, who was who made him a cuckold, who cucked right. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Republicans. Fucking Republicans. Oh, you cuck. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. <laughs> the cuck. Oh, dude, you, you're such a cuck. Um, <laughs> he he uh, sees the uh, snow globe that he gave right. his wife, and then his wife gave to the young hot dude with the accent. Ah, I can't She's believe, a regifter. Can't yeah. believe
0: you didn't give me him. Can't believe you didn't give me him.
1: And he says... Richard Gear, you, says, I don't f- I don't feel so well, Mr. Stark. And he <laughs> and he hits him upside the head with the snow globe. And I feel like yeah. you're a wild man. That's how you would act if you were wrapped up in adultery. You would you would slay right. you would slay thee who had oh. made thy a cuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I um Yeah, you've nailed that one. I, yeah. That would certainly be my reaction, and I would hope to look as good as Mr. Gear doing it.
2: Yes. He is a handsome fellow. He's a handsome fellow. Mm. And,
0: and Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Give me some my of first, that. Something my happened. first boy-girl thing was with a, a picture of you on a record sleeve. Diane Lane. Ooh, what record was that? That's a reference to that thing you do, and her name is Diane Dane. Uh-huh. And Lenny goes, Diane Dane. My first boy-girl thing was with a – Picture of you on a record's and We love
1: you. So glad that I cleared that up because mm. if the unfaithful reference wasn't obscure enough, that fucking was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is more people of... have seen that thing you do than, than unfaithful. But
1: that quote. Yeah. Mm. I have the
0: whole thing memorized. Without even saying memorized. the right name. Yeah. I have the whole thing memorized. Later in the cast, I'm going to drop in like a word sneak. Another... Uh, direct reference to that thing you do, just because I fucking feel like it, and this is a delicious beer. Move it along, guys. Let us get into the book. All right, ready? Sounds good to me. All right, so uh, Big smiles. this is this is the debut novel from Raven Lelani. Uh, She is one of those people who, in my opinion, anyway. You read it, and because it was a debut novel, I had, as I do for all debut novels, uh, set the bar a little bit lower, mm-hmm. so I'm not disappointed, because I used to base everything on Zadie Smith's White Teeth. That, is, when I, that is not- It's outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. You I'm, can't do that. I'm an, I mean, when I figured out that I was an idiot, I felt like an idiot for not figuring it out sooner, yeah. uh, that you cannot set that as your bar um, for an debut idiot novels. squared. <laughs> yeah, it's cubed. I mean, what the hell? Um and so so I've since lowered the bar. Um I I could have kept the bar almost to that level because I was really really impressed with the use of language in this. Those moments where it would seem contrived from a lesser author to take that pause after action mm-hmm. and 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 do almost that reflective introspection with the protagonist and and, and sort of like put in these beautiful moments uh, uh, of almost philosophical whimsy at times, yeah. um, were so well done that I felt like I was reading someone's third, fourth novel. Oh, the right? language which, with which she I mean, just, does so. And it wasn't, it again, wasn't contrived. It wasn't forced. So, for, so that was my first thing was, um, you know, recognizing the language firstly, but being super impressed with the artfulness of the debut. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree or it seems like you do, but
1: nah man this thing was, nah. this thing was vibrating in my hands
0: and it wasn't one of those ones that was dense in that way no. where no. when writers do that thing that that um, happens as frequently as it does in this novel where you're getting those really profound moments she's cutting it with like like a line or two so you mm-hmm. you're moving and, and and you're continuing to be engaged with the story because to be frank there isn't a whole ton that happens, right? You know, and right. the the premise, I think, also in A Lesser Writer would be a little bit ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. so do we think that we should give a brief summary for the listener and, and, and then really dive in?
1: Yeah, because it's not much of a summary,
0: but yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so what we have here is a young woman who is uh, a painter, an artist who has a pretty rough upbringing in terms of like uh, losing loved ones and and different things like that. She ultimately becomes, I believe it's a managing editor for a child's uh, publication, like a publishing house. Is that correct?
1: Um, Yeah, she's working in publishing in the, uh, I guess, young adult children's. uh,
0: Right. Department. okay yeah i forget yeah. what her actual role is now because it's in the beginning because ultimately uh while she's in that role she's also uh seeing this older gentleman who's in an open relationship and um she is also having sex with the majority of the publishing house uh and ultimately not really giving a shit like she's very self-destructive i guess we could sum it up as that um she uh gets fired And uh, by a very strange but almost predictable chain of events, begins living at the older lover's home with he and uh, his wife and their adopted daughter, um, who is also uh, a um, African-American girl like our protagonist.
1: Yeah. Important Mm -hmm. stuff to. uh, Is that good? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. 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 Pretty much it. <laughs> and nice. I, and yeah. I think the age discrepancy should be brought up. She's twenty-three. Um, the couple that she is, uh, I guess, a power living with, to, cohabitating, yeah, is they are um, in their late thirties. Yeah. See, I thought they were older. I thought so too. But then later in the book, she mentions that he's thirty-eight or thirty-nine.
0: Oh, okay. Because I was waiting. I thought but they then were I, in their
1: forties, just the way they. Yeah.
0: But also, yeah, the physical descriptions of him, especially. Yeah. But then,
2: and the misery, the complete misery of their <laughs> lives.
0: <laughs> but, but then, you know what? That actually makes me think of when he takes her to the club, it's a throwback mm-hmm. to when we were in high school and college and what a club was like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it reminded me of, like, Egypt. <laughs> oh, oh, man, Jesus.
1: I haven't thought of that place in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, Egypt was a club on Delaware Avenue. <laughs> Yeah. And it was a fucking hole. It was you can still uh, smell where, the, jacar, the Jacar Noir. Yeah. Like from where the uh, the, the, ca- the
0: the curve from <laughs> yeah. a mile away. Yeah. The uh, aqua de shea, <laughs> Um which is one that hasn't left my repertoire. But in any case, that's uh, that's, oh, that, that's the summary here. Well, I'm more Italian than I am anything else, my friend. Yeah. Um that is the summary here. Uh and so again, I started by saying uh, just just really being kind of blown away by the the use of language and those well executed beautiful moments where this feeling this intangible thing is crystallized and given to the reader in a sentence or two ineffable um there you go yeah. it was great um
2: i um y- yeah I'm, I'm gonna echo that um so I, I really don't like it when people say when when something is labeled like a like uh, it's you can't put it down that's fucking dumb. But this was unputdownable. I finished <laughs> it in a day. Really? I was just oh yeah, I um, I took the entire day and read it and and just marvelled at this book. I I I loved it. I loved it. You read it it's... last summer, right? No, I read it um Thanksgiving. Okay. Did
1: you have you did you revisit it or you? I did. I I read more
2: so passages and yeah right right, right. Just okay one wondering... yeah.
1: Get into a different perspective yeah. of revisiting it because I plan on doing mm-hmm. that at some point.
2: Yeah, it, it is as as wonderful, if not more so, yeah. than reading passages from the original. Reading. How do
1: we crack this open? What angle do we uh, enter to start talking about this? Because there's so many.
2: I would. I, I don't know about you. I'd love to talk about the comic con. If I, if we could start there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you want okay? Let's Tarantino it then. Um, yeah. So we're yeah. starting at the end. Uh, so as a little bit of context, one of the reasons why it seems the wife who is not pleased with the lover staying at their house, though, she's a complex character because she kind of seems her. like she is pleased. She is the inviter. She's got a lot of thoughts. Um, a lot of thoughts on this. A lot of thoughts on her. Yeah, Rebecca is an interesting. We'll come character.
1: back. We'll come back. Circle back. Yeah, we'll.
0: We'll circle back to yeah. her. But um, so one of the things that uh, seems to be in the favor of our protagonist um, is that the young girl is 13, correct?
1: Yeah, she turns yeah. 13, like
0: and within weeks needs, of being moved in. Yeah, and, and, of course, they're living in the suburbs of New Jersey. She doesn't have many, if any, people that really look like her around, and she's they're struggling. It's very clear right when she walks in that the parents – cannot um, do her hair, are not giving her sort of the, the cultural direction, because they can't, yeah. um, but they're also not, I, d- I don't think, perhaps putting her in to positions or places or, or situations where she might be able to, to garner that from others. Um, yeah, can, I, so
1: can I interrupt for just one quick second? I, I think it's important sure. for our listener to uh, not to put too fine of a pin on it, but this book is not only heavily about sexuality, it is also yeah. Heavily about race, yes. and mm-hmm. and and just to you know put the gravity of that onto what you're saying,
0: and absolutely, and and that definitely needs to be said. But uh, to that point as well, it's done in such a way that even when you're being screamed at about it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's done in such yeah. a way where there are very pointed sections of this book that are just very, very, very direct and this is why it's fucked up mm-hmm. and yeah. this is how i feel and this is truth and you go yeah yeah, absolutely a lot of my micro- because it is yeah. it is true
1: like the microaggressions are right shown in like real time i guess you know for a yeah. piece of fiction yeah
0: and but but also just like like i was saying before those moments of introspection that follow yeah. are are yeah. really you know at times super angry and all this stuff but there's just this world that you're you're a part of there's you're you're in the mind in such a way that it's all cushioned mm-hmm. and seeps into you you know uh in, in a way that I, I you know again few writers i've seen really execute that well because sometimes you feel like you're being screamed at and you you go ah, oh, god like um who does it sometimes upton sinclair will do it sometimes mm-hmm. we're like we get it Right. I understand.
1: Meatpacking sucks.
0: Uh, Yeah. Right. ah. And but but then, you know, and that's important and we should care about and all this stuff. But you feel like you're being yelled at for too long here. I thought it was really well done. So in any case, so she is there and she begins to slowly um, break down the walls of both herself and the girl in the daughter in like in real time. So they're both. Disarm, being disarmed by one another and, and then being able to sort of like, and it's not like I learned as much from you as you did from me. It's like really like a, somewhat like a, a big sister, little sister relationship that has to go through growing pains and you see that happen and then you see how much sort of better they both are for, for it. Um, but it is not like corny or sitcom in any way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and to give them names, our narrator's name is Edie. Mm-hmm. And the daughter is the young girl who just turned thirteen. Um shortly after we meet her. Her name is Akilah.
0: Akilah, yeah. And yeah. Akilah is a uh fiction writer but fan fiction, mm-hmm. um of right. of is it like Batman at first and it's kinda like all the comic booky stuff. Yeah, she it, likes. It, it
2: hits quite a few beats. I yeah. think
0: uh yeah. And so in any case, she also is um does she do jujitsu, is that correct?
1: She does a karate. I forget which one exactly.
0: Yeah. And so um she's like for all she intents loves and purposes anime she's as like, well. Yeah, she's like kind of a dork, right? Uh, yeah. uh kind of a geek. And um Which is a big Gen Z thing right now. And maybe Yeah, absolutely even, oh, yes. even like a
1: black Gen Z thing of like anime yes. and comics. Right. Huge. Right. I
0: mean, you, you could take that back to Wu Tang, but uh with Kung Fu and stuff, but like yeah. in any in any case, um in any case, what we see here is, yeah, she's, in our generation, would have been kind of a, kind of a dork, but it, now this is pretty much the norm, and she wants to go to Which the great. Comic-Con. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic that that's not, you know, sort of like marginalized or, or whatever anymore. But like, um, so she wants to go to the New York, um, at the uh, Javits Center, the huge Comic-Con event. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, Nick, you want to take just- it away?
2: Yeah, I just want to talk about their costumes for a minute because their costumes were, like, to the point where a lesser writer would have made a mockery of this scene and what it was supposed to mean mm-hmm. and, and, like, all of its its weighted context, right? So you have um, Akila is trying to... is She's making this really elaborate, homemade uh, anime costume that she winds up not being able to wear so she dresses as Uhura from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you have Captain America, the father, Uh, the mother uh, is, is Harley Quinn. And then um, Edie, right. Edie is Princess Leia. Black Leila. So you have these, so you have blonde hair, blue eyes, all American boy cat with the fucking clown of the mother. (laughs) Um, The essentially the token black character on Star Trek Mm -hmm. and a slave woman yeah um su- going yeah. to a comic con is a family unit. Yep. It was fucking unbelievable,
0: especially given her role within that family unit. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like she's just getting money left on her dresser mm-hmm. every once mm-hmm. in a while. she's literally cleaning the house with a toothbrush and and going through the mm-hmm. vents and doing all this stuff that's like such a throwback to colonial america shit mm-hmm. um i mean it's 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 crazy how many layers were were there, and then when yeah. the, the um, sort of wealthy black family comes up to her at the Comic-Con and goes, a black Leia, oh, God, and they want to take a, a, a picture with her, and she, like, can't bring herself to, like, mm-hmm. have, make her eyes smile, as she says. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe that's the line. Okay, yeah,
2: she's Leia in Jabba's palace, by exactly. the way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nick, and that, that's a, mm-hmm.
1: that's a great place to start. I think that really sums up the dichotomy of the whole book.
2: Yeah, the, I think the whole Comic Con scene yeah. was was the book. Yeah, you've in, in
1: my he's got Mister Perfect, but of course he's yep. you know he's on in mushrooms in a fucking costume. <laughs> yes, and he's high. Right. Uh, yeah. And and he can't
0: handle it either. I think that's cannot. the biggest thing. Yep, yep, is yep, yep. not he's, only can he's he hand- super out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's vomiting into a trash can, and then he's he's in the bathroom just just completely unable to handle it. Like it's all he it's it's his making. And he's the only one that straight up can't handle yep. it, can't hang, yeah. I guess you could say.
1: And, and the yeah. mom is a fucking clown, which which Rebecca clown. is not... I mean, in fact, her being Harley Quinn is is an insult to Harley Quinn. Right. Do you,
0: so you really don't like Rebecca?
1: No, she's the worst person I've ever read about in my entire life, besides, really? besides Eric, <laughs> really? besides her husband. <laughs> no, I felt
2: so... I mean, she... she I felt terrible for Rebecca, not because I mean she brought everything onto herself in a lot of ways. She's to blame, and for and then much, she yeah. she chose Harley Quinn, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to, she's so self aware, sort of like, though. Yeah, yeah, and, and at the Is same she? time, like sort of mm-hmm. got this this weirdo power from being a badass villain. But at the same time, you're a fucking clown
1: mm-hmm.
0: as
2: you are in your whole life, lady. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and here's here's I, here's why she's a fucking joke is because at any point she can say no and it will stop. Right. Right. And that's why. That's why. And she lets it go on and she's pulling strings and she has no, um, uh, I guess really attachment to the uh, consequences of the strings she's pulling because she knows that at any fucking time uh, an affluent white lady fucking clown joke can say, no, I'm done. I'm out. This is wrong.
0: And it's over, which is
1: actually what happens.
0: I mean, it's but it's so that's that's so accurate. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a very realistic portrayal of that character um, and that type of character. But I felt like I, I just I just got this sense that, like, we're not meant to hate her in the way that on the surface, it seems like we should. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like there's, because there's this very sort of feminine bond that's going on. If we look at all the characters, they're yeah. all female, except for Captain America, who's just a, a fucking yeah. tool. He's literally a, a tool, right? A idiot. He all, is all an the, idiot. <laughs> I mean, but all the men in the book are tools. Mm-hmm. There's not one, like, normal good dude. They're all tools, right? And it's very, very interesting, because it is a very um, female-centric novel. Even her landlord is a, a girl. Mm-hmm right her her landlord is a, is a woman and and so that's really interesting cuz she's a certain type of woman she's also a super affluent white woman who's Slum, younger than her yeah. i think right and inherits the building or whatever and she's just yeah. a dumb dickhead but like the um <laughs> dumb the thing with dickhead. rebecca the thing with rebecca is she's a professional she's pretty fucking dark mm-hmm. and that moment where she takes um oh my god, her name just flew right out of my head. Um Edie. What? Edie. Edie. Yeah. Yeah. She she takes her to the metal concert to the mosh pit, right? Oh
2: my god, I love
0: this. To, right, to to essentially like the PNC center or something, yeah. I, I would think. Man. Right. Because there's they're in the lawn. Um yep. and they literally have a pit where it's one of those pits that separates and then <laughs> runs at one the another. Wall, of death. wall of death, exactly. Um yeah. and so like I'm picturing fucking cannibal corpse, yeah. fucking, you know, like <laughs> this kind of shit. And and I'm and I'm thinking like this release and bringing her into this secret masochistic world. Do you know what I mean? Because this is Rebecca is um, uh, works in the um, uh, she 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 she's she takes apart bodies after they've been deceased. What, the, what is the word? Uh, coroner. Coroner. Thank you. Jesus Christ brain is just shutting down um so she's yeah she's she's the one who who you know drills into you and takes a bone saw to your head um and she has this great sort of like dialogue with edie when they're going over where it's like you know what it's like to be subservient or on the arm to somebody it's almost like she's she's not intentionally trying to bomb but she's opening up she's letting down a wall a little bit and you see that like they actually are uh quite similar in that masochistic sort of like thinking they need pain but then owning the way that they get it
1: i would argue slightly differently that rebecca is a control freak Mm. And any any sympathy that I feel like she is giving or any type of outreach she's giving to Edie and even to Eric and even to Akilah is just an extension of the control that she wants to lord over everybody. The problem is, this is how
0: much of me you get.
1: Yeah, she's a control freak that is out of control. Mm. And it Mm. just creates. you're not wrong there. And it creates such a volatile environment for everybody involved and that's not to let anybody else off the hook and um, the only body that should not be off a hook is Akilah because she's a fucking kid right she's looking to adults. yeah I was gonna say
0: she is she's completely innocent in this
1: (laughs) but Eric and Edie are adults and um, Rebecca uh, I don't know ma'am I think she she lets people I don't know what's
0: the what. What are the words? I don't think she's a. I don't think she's a sympathetic character. She's not, and she shouldn't be. She's she's not, and she absolutely shouldn't be. There's just these moments where I think, I think, I guess it's a, a little reductive. Is all I'm. I'm gonna leave it at. If that. I say, if
1: I say, yeah, if we put her as one thing, that is reductive. But as all good, well-written characters, Rebecca's character is more of a credit to Raven, Le- Raven Leilani as making her a uh, more of a three-dimensional character.
0: Yeah, cuz she could have absolutely just been a villain and yeah. she kind of is, but yeah, but she, she's still uh, a, we could have
1: She's still a piece of shit just as much as Eric is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and think... what a fucking typical
2: suburban white guy named Eric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who fucking marries an Eric? You know? <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> Rebecca's. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um if, the, if it's not a Karen, it's a Rebecca. Um <laughs> Yeah, man, I I I I definitely agree with you. I'm not I'm not I'm not knocking it, but it's 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 interesting too that Edie is constantly sexualizing Rebecca. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like always. she talks yeah. about her body constantly, and I wonder if she's like that's her way of exerting some control over her to objectify her in that way and she makes her take off her clothes so she can paint her at one point right and and it's 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 difficult because the line between bonding between women and um this i forget what it's called but there's there's a term for it in business anyway where the there's um i think it's it's um queen bee syndrome Mm -hmm. uh where like if a woman makes it up high, she fucks over all the women that are below her, kind of situation. Yeah, and um, and she does it to remain on top. And it, it's interesting because there is, though, there's a clear line of hierarchy of power that is not going to change. There is this this tension there, um, and it's interesting to see that Edie knows her body's better, but can't help but continue to sexualize Rebecca's. So that you, I, I wanted to bring that up because that. I didn't. I didn't
1: quite get it. So you brought up a very good point. Um, this book, we could look at it through the lens of power and who has it, mm-hmm. and does that change depending on a situation? And even though someone might have the power in a particular situation, do they actually have it overall? I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because because the one who pretty much falls completely and is the most fucked up as Eric, right? Like, he's clearly has substance abuse issues. He's a dickless he, puppy dog. He's, he does not yeah. have it together. But his life is unraveling and falling apart. As it should, right? Because yeah. he's a like, child. Like, I wouldn't... Yeah. I don't, that, guy's a, that guy's an
2: idiot. And I don't
0: like, think is gonna hang around. She definitely doesn't want... Like, I feel most bad for Akilah in this because, like, I don't... It doesn't feel like either parent Wants to be a parent.
1: Well, and oh, Rebecca, they've definitely made this choice. Didn't want to.
0: She, I mean, she's vocal about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I almost wanted to see, like Rebecca and Aquila like you, you know, become a unit. Mm-hmm. But everybody is is completely independent in this book. There is no unit. Nope. It, and I mean, that's clearly established. And just to kind of, I guess, wrap the. Um, comic-con scene that is that is it like they are four separate entities from four separate stories Mm -hmm. and that's how they exist and will continue to exist
1: forevermore yeah no that that's great that was a really good point um nick Gregorio, about their costumes right because don't we all wear costumes right isn't that sort of the reflection there and, I love that
0: it ends that way, yeah.
1: And in that moment at the end of the book, which we're not really giving anything away, listener, um, this book is not plot driven. This book is—it's um, all characters. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, there we go. And you can—we can tell you everything that happens, and you should still read it because it's experiencing the writing and spending time with these characters and the way that they're presented is—is is the journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. So. Uh, this book touches on so many different things, and what makes it kind of a marvel, um, at least at least for for this reader, is um, that it does so in an unflinching manner. It looks at sexuality, it looks at race, it looks at um, relationships, it looks at generational differences, it looks at um, being young in a in a. We're we I'm older than you guys, but not by too much, but none of us have lived the life that Edie has. For for right. all sorts of reasons, but in the most basic one is being twenty-three years old and going through all the shit that an adolescent that had to grow up in the, you know, the the, the, the two thousand teens mm-hmm. and come of age in uh, the world of the internet and social media and um to be um, sexually uh, uh, viral Is that the word? Viral When you're, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Like how do we, how do you navigate
0: this in this world? So. Well, have you seen the show Utopia? Mm-mm. It's, it's super interesting to look at how this generation that you're describing is far more uh, reserved. Okay. Far more like, Prudish, I guess you could say, but the complete opposite in the same case. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very, very interesting and strange dichotomy that they exist in because, you know, they're and and there's so many studies on this, like they are not smoking cigarettes, doing drugs, engaging in really dangerous behavior to nearly the degree that Gen X and Gen Z did. Well yeah, like,
1: because they're they're more concerned about um the, the earth frying to a crisp.
0: <laughs> so that's the thing. They have these immense pressures on them that have become so realized and hyper realistic because of the amount of information that they get. My buddy said this really well, uh, ironically named Eric. He, he goes, yeah. the way that we get stuff now, you can't drink out of a fire hydrant, right? You can't drink from a fire hydrant, but that's how we're getting this information oh, okay. now, you know? I and just, so you, right. you like literally can't Got it. take it in in the way you could, if it were a garden hose and we used to have a fucking garden hose. And I, I think that that's one of the things that's, that's causing that, that shift in a way, but it's also really, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild for me to see this character acting the way she does. Cause perhaps she's that bridge between the two based on her age and, and experience and things like that. Um, and, Honestly, it's like I think about this because I'm like, man, we come from a, such a Puritan society. John Proctor, you know, I mean, that's that's the foundation of, of America is, is religious Puritanism and this this, this sort of like shame based society. Um, you know, like we should literally not have to wear clothes if we didn't want to. You know, what I mean, there's no reason for, for it um, yet everybody's body is sexualized because of this way that the society was founded in this this outrageousness. And and, and I think we're seeing this realization happening in Gen Z and the desexualization and the hangers on in in the latest generation. Is Gen Z the latest? Are we Y? Yeah. Or millennials, sorry. Millennials are Y.
1: Yeah. It's like the same. Yeah, they, they settled on millennial and then Gen Z is the next, yeah.
0: Right. So in any case, um, Gen Z has all these these, you know, hypersexual uh, millennials putting their selves out on all the social media networks, but they're not numb to it. They just take it at face value now, um, which is I don't know. It's just so fascinating for me to then read a book like this and go, yeah, like you still have that period where you have to figure it out and you're expected now to know about all the shit. Because we all go, well, it's right there. You're looking at it all the time. Why don't you fucking know this? And that was a long way to get to that. But I think that's the biggest thing is our expectations of the younger generation have shifted to that of almost like fucking full adults when they're 13 and they're still experiencing it and all the chemicals in their body are throwing them so far out of whack they can't even think.
1: And I I think about this a lot with my students because I feel like I'm online quite a bit and I'm. I've been I've been around for a few years and you know I'm, I'm a curious individual and I, I just expect people like, oh, you don't know the thing. Like we're both yeah. alive. It's like, and you know, you got to remember that these 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 young people are young people. This is and it's
0: a fire hydrant that exactly. they're not even at the same fire hydrant I as know. you, dude. They're not even at the same one.
1: I've been following. They're, I've been following the uh, the source for a few years, you know. Yeah, um, you're at the riverhead and there is um <laughs> there is and in this book luster by uh raven leilani um she really taps into the gen z um uh feeling of nihilism yes in in everything relationships <laughs> the environment just fuck why you know just why
0: what did you do this to us for? Yeah. And it's, and, it, and uh, you know what? I We're really,
2: nihilists, Lebowski. We care about
0: nothing. We care about nothing, <laughs> Lebowski. But the, the nihilism that the Gen Z has is not the same nihilism that Lebowski and we who grew up with Lebowski thought nihilism was. Like, theirs is a much more realistic. Nihilism and and one that's based in in fact and and not just just not just purely emotion and it's a call Um, to action. Makes it. Yes. And and they are rising to it, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting where we got the luxury, which we didn't know it was at the time to like sit around and pontificate and and complain and and, and just, you know, uh, talk about it, whereas they feel the urgency that we, many of us, did did not feel because in the back of our minds, we always felt like it was going to be all right.
1: And I'm glad you brought that word up, urgency, because what we get in this book is the um, this kind of wrestling between a sense of urgency, but then also a sense of being totally fucking lost and where do I start? I feel like I've been starting. I feel like I've been doing the things I'm supposed to, but I feel like I'm not playing the game the right way and I'm just kicking you know i'm just treading water
0: yeah and yeah not playing the game the right way is a really interesting thing because it feels like by now again to that same point that they should know how to play the fucking game because it's been around it's been playing everybody's been playing it for a long time yeah we're talking about Um, our
1: narrator who's 23 not the 13 year old mm -hmm. uh daughter who is she gets a free pass on everything she does Yeah. yeah And she, because
0: she's doing great in
1: spite of it all. In spite of it all, it's like her third or fourth house she's been in.
0: Yep. Right. She's she's like she's
1: a foster, an adopted kid. She's been in different foster homes, and then um, Eric and um, Rebecca adopt her. But she doesn't feel like it's permanent. She says, "Don't you know?" She tells Edie, "You know, don't mess this up for me."
0: Yeah. You know, I. And that could come across as some trite line too, but it doesn't. mm -mm.
1: So just really, it it puts a an interesting spin on on that of um, white people, older white people who mean well. But is it just performative, right? There there is that angle that we could look at that relationship as well. How much of anything we do is purely performative?
0: Do you think that that was a comment on like the Angelina Jolies and Madonna's adopting? children of color from like
2: whether directly or indirectly it is yeah yeah, whether it does it thing yeah yeah it definitely does it yeah yeah
0: and um yeah so you know
2: it's the it's the family that you see on like some ridiculous tv network that has like 15 adopted kids and they're from all over the planet yeah you know what i mean and you just
0: you can only give it you know and i can speak from experience here you can only give so much attention Right. to to a, to a child and they demand tons of it and it's interesting to compare the emotional value of something versus the monetary value of something mm-hmm. um and that that i think is is happening here because she's living at the house because she lost her job she's literally getting a bicycle to to do essentially uber eats yeah, post, without calling it uber eats postmates and yeah Yeah. And, and she's, she's dropping off all this stuff. She's, I mean, she's just cobbling all these jobs together. So we get a really interesting view into stuff that we didn't have to do and we're the future. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then of course she's cleaning the house and and getting a few bucks here and there. and, And it's, it's completely without justification or reason, how much she gets for a certain, whatever, like it's totally to Daniel's point, Um, Rebecca's control as to you might get $400 for a job do a much harder thing and get three bucks Yeah, and and some change and some fucking change yeah you have no way of arguing that discerning that I mean for me that whole time all I could think about was what's going on uh with the unions at amazon Mm. and stuff like that like that's all i could think about like this is this without doing it this is also commentary on sort of this society's job Mm. market right now and how we're treating the worker and all that kind of stuff but and um, it's
1: worth noting that edie our narrator is also highly educated super smart very smart it's it's not like she's not like she's just like coasting through life just picking up jobs whenever she can she's super smart
0: can I transition to the thing I was going to say? Yeah. So to that, you, you, you did so well. That's why we do to the that podcast. End, to that end, <laughs> she applies to be a receptionist at a clown college. Yes. Right? So yeah. she's applying to whatever. She is qualified for a ton of stuff. So much symbolism! To- <laughs> so she, <laughs> and, and she applies to, it should be said, like a dozen different places. But the only one where she picks up an interview is to be the, the uh, administrative assistant at a clown college. And I wanna read a piece the the uh the dude who's like the interviewer in this case wants to be called Maestro. And it reads
1: To be fair, I make then, my students call me Maestro. So just you know, be yeah. go I easy. It. I fucking <laughs> knew
0: it. So it doesn't surprise me in that classroom you are the top clown. Um then so let's 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 just listen for a moment. All right. Put on our listening ears. Then Maestro leans forward and places a clown nose on the desk. He asks me to look at it. He asks me if I feel like laughing. When I tell him I don't, he smiles and says, that's because clowning is about interrogating the human condition, that it is art, and that these are serious things. He tells me that the art that matters is the art that is wrought and consumed with great difficulty. He tells me a laugh is easy, and when there is a prioritization of fun, clowning ceases to be art and becomes entertainment. And he gives me a grave, buzzerless handshake and tells me my time is up. On the bus back, I keep thinking about the nose, about how strange it looked out of context. I didn't mind his condescension, and I can't remember the last time I laughed. I love like that. That for me is it encapsulates what she does over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and again. And you can keep reading it because it's written like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're not just getting these woeful or whimsical, just like whatever thoughts that flow in and out of her head whatever this is like very critical but comes across like butter you know and, it, and it's it never yes, stops it never stops and i think maybe that's the trick maybe that's what she figured out is is to do it in such a way where it's expected and you also want it that's the like trick it's the, just be a genius
1: the, and do it all the time
0: it's the msg of the <laughs> writing <laughs> all
1: right <yeah. laughs> Just do it. Just do it good all the time and you'll be fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in any case, um, I thought I thought that was like I thought that was just such a great look at things because it's 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 essentially like clowning. She's talking about underestimating herself, right? Because she always goes, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not good enough. I'm not that mm-hmm. good. Right. I'm 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 in the place only to get home and see that that place is now on TV, I just missed it mm-hmm. you know um, and and so it's this really interesting thing because she is the artist and not, but is simultaneously aware of being both these things at once um, and I, I really I think it's really interesting because she's her own perception of a clown, but also not yeah you know? is she
1: even good at art? I, I never quite got yes that, yeah that her art was actually.
0: The, here's the thing, and and she doesn't do the shitty thing and say that she needs inspiration or whatever. She she does the thing where she's not well. Yeah, she's not well the whole book. She is not okay. She's no. not well, and it's only when no she's, <laughs> she, she she but she she seems to be actively when she gets a mo- because she's not well because she never has a moment of respite, right? She doesn't really have to worry about making rent for this short period of time that she's living with them. She doesn't have to worry about making rent. She doesn't have to worry about what's next. She just has to exist. And when she finally sheds that urgency of needing to do all this stuff, which I think is inherent to Gen Z, that overwhelming, this is why more of them are diagnosed with anxiety than any generation previously, right? it's it's literally killing them suicide rates are going through the roof like it's literally killing them pandemics exacerbating it and that's all that's on my mind all the time and then i look at her and i go she's living in this frenzy and then slowly this buzzing is being removed from her face and ears right i see it like a, a lectr- electrified spider web that's just being removed as she has a moment to just exist and once she does, that's when she actually starts creating things that she sees as worthwhile and meaningful, and it blows away the asshole who's in charge, who's Rebecca. Yeah. And I think that that was, for me, a really poignant moment because I go, you, you blew away by literally disro- disrobing the, the man, essentially, yeah. and then using their image against them to blow their mind to pieces, but also to give yourself the pedestal you need to stand up and pull yourself up and get up. Right. I, I thought it was brilliant.
1: That's good, man. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I subscribe
0: to that. I don't know.
2: I don't know how much more we can. I mean, we could talk about this for
1: a week. I think so too. Uh, um, what, what I th- it's just, yeah. what, what I think it comes down to is this is a book full of lost people and it seems that, the people you think that shouldn't be lost are still lost in their own self-absorbed realities that they've been fortunate enough to create um, that should be stable. Like you think on paper it would be stable, um, but it's not. They're all still children, particularly Eric. And I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into the fucking psyche of that, of that dickhead. Um,
2: I don't think it's worth it because you can see a thousand of him. You go walk out on the street.
1: Yeah. And there was a great line that she wrote um, that she said, and I'm paraphrasing here is that maybe his only, you know, she thought she was attracted to him because he was interesting, but maybe he isn't interesting. Maybe he's just been alive longer to command to have a middling command of the wine list. Yeah, Yeah. he is.
2: He is quintessential, mediocre white guy. Yeah, Is his
1: superpower that he's just
0: been around for 15 years longer? I mean, that's, that's how she, that's how she chalks it up. Yeah. You know, and that really, that really hit it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would, I would agree there. I loved, uh, as an aside that she, she names attack on Titan without a name without naming attack on Titan when she's talking about, uh, going into, cause we're wrapping it up, right? Sure. Is, yes. The I, 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 I,
2: if we don't, I think we could talk for,
0: ever so so the when she goes into a a room i think the first or second time and they're watching anime and she's describing what's going on and you're like that's attack on titan that's fucking incredible because like again with the symbol the symbolism holy shit like what is attack on titan but just being stuck like if the remaining humans aren't gen z Right. And, yeah. and what they've been left from the previous generations are these monsters who are banging down the walls and just consuming them, literally consuming them. What is it to be a worker, but to be consumed by the machine around you? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I just love that she she put that in there as she's dealing with this. Um, can I can I read one last passage that Please. I really, 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 Please really do? Love? Please. Okay. So she's talking about um, she has hidden this painting of her mother after her mother killed herself. Ooh. Right. Should I not have said that? Should we erase no, that? No, it's like an super can, important plot no. point. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, and it's not a surprise. So in any case, she painted her mother uh, after she had passed, right? And she's hidden it in the back of her closet, and she has to run back to her apartment after she's been kicked out to grab it, and she finds it hidden, and, she, and she's got it. And then, of course, Rebecca comes in because she just feels like she can walk in everybody's space, and she comments to her that the picture of your mother is the best one, mm-hmm. right? And so this sends uh, her, uh, Edie, back into thinking about this. Um, And she goes, uh, A ball disappeared in the Bronx and a dead man came forth. And the story always ends there, optimistically, in the middle. With a miracle so high profile, it becomes the catalyst for the crucifixion, which is technically a fair exchange, man for man. Though three days before his death, Jesus visited Lazarus again. And you have to wonder what he said if he looked at what Lazarus had done in the meantime and began to question what he was dying for. And so her introspection of, am I making my mom's death worthwhile? Mm. Am I thinking about all the people that came before me to make it so I could be alive? And it's that fucking fantastic juxtaposition of being so super pissed at how fucked over you are by all the generations that came before, but then looking on the micro level at the individual people who have made your life worthwhile, and if you are doing something that would make them proud. That's good shit. I, I I could not get over that. I I absolutely love that line, yeah, um, I, or that passage.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say with this book, the plot is um, not awesome. Pretty frankly, kind of boring, and there's a couple of spots where um, it seemed a little too easy, uh, okay. too coincidental. I'd agree with you there. I would definitely for the agree for the plot there. points. But I would say mm-hmm. if you're going to think about reading this book, which you should, um, definitely come for the uh, ease of brilliant language and uh, stay for the uh, you know put put on your thinking cap and
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm actually gonna I have uh, some some uh, requests that I could put in for books and I'm gonna see if I can get a class set of this um, for uh, for next year you think this would be
1: it, age- appropriate?
0: yeah absolutely I
1: don't think I would I would share this with my students. I don't know. I feel like I'd get angry parents. I would
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't care. <laughs> it's. Um, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Because I, I think <laughs> I think I think seniors would would absolutely love it. Only I, seniors. I, I wouldn't share. So like I my think freshmen. It's totally worthwhile. I mean, I read Fun Home with my freshmen.
1: I don't know that. OK. Other talks about like flaccid dicks and Fun Home
0: there's literally pictures of them because it's a graphic novel sign (laughs) me up (laughs) it's a dead guy though because their father is also a uh uh works in the morgue what is the the name of this role coroner coroner is that the role though it's not yeah no it's not it's a mortician mortician thank you that's it that's it Got it. Good job. It. Hey, buddy. Break me off a
2: piece of that fancy feast. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, final thoughts on Luster is I loved every bit of it. Yeah. And um, I, I, it's, it's a book I will certainly be going back to.
1: It's effortless in everything it does. And mm-hmm. you miss so much because it is done so well. Definitely worth a second read.
2: Um, I read a lot and oftentimes, sometimes you think, oh, good, well, delicious. like, you know, the, these, these books, <laughs> no, I mean, are these books really good or am I just kind of enjoying these? Am I being coming desensitized to good things? Cause I watch too much TV and then you, you get a book like this and you're, you're like, holy shit. This yep. is, this is a fucking novel.
0: You're right. That yeah. is a thing. That is a very real yep. thing. Especially when you read a lot, you can, you can just get into neutral you know you're just coasting and then every once in a while you gotta you're like oh god i gotta run uphill now
2: and that's what you're fucking you know that's the whole point right you're you're searching for that brilliance
0: yeah making some making some wrinkles i'm glad i'm glad
2: i'm glad i picked that one
0: yeah it was a good job
2: daniel well done
0: (laughs) uh all right shall we break
2: your arm trying to fucking pat yourself on the back
0: (laughs) (laughs) shall we shall we move into the uh the self-titled uh leanne lahavas let's do it yes all right um so this is a uh woman who is a english singer a british singer songwriter rather mm-hmm. uh and record producer um so i believe this is her first f- full length or second
1: um it's 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 her third album so i don't know what that means oh okay
0: my bad. Um, yeah, so, well, yeah, it's her third. It's her third. You're right. Um, there's a good space of time between them all, which is good to see. Yeah, she had, um, yeah
1: and she did some, like, EPs and so, you know singles and stuff like that in between.
0: So let me ask you first. Uh, why did you pick this and not, like, a disco album to fit what would have certainly been uh, fitting, given that that's the one style of music that both Edie and Eric liked? For a couple of reasons, I'm not fucking
1: listening to disco, (laughs) and (laughs) that was that was so venomous. Yeah, well, I'm not. But you'd
0: (laughs) but you'd rather listen to this.
1: Ten out of uh, five times, always. At
0: least you get some funky bass with the uh, with the disco, man. I
1: guess whatever. Um, So yeah, no disco, and this is new. And this is um, my att-
0: new doesn't always mean better. Listen, can
1: I fucking finish? <laughs> can I finish? 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 Um, this is part of my attempt as uh, the person I am to amplify black voices, particularly new black voices, particularly female black voices.
0: Oh, that was so that was one yeah. of the themes for the cast then.
1: For this, anyway, yeah. For these two choices. For these two choices, yes, I was gonna say,
0: Guinness does not fit in.
1: Does not. Um, <laughs> but, my God, is Leanne LaHavis, Le a hell of a singer and a hell yes. of a guitar player. And um, before we talk about the album, I, I would say that I prefer her by herself with her guitar more than I, than I do this album. But this mm. was her most recent release. She did put a live thing out in December, but this is her... Her, um,
0: yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree with you. I think this would be the one to choose if you were yeah. going to choose it, absolutely, for sure. Um, so, to to how would you qualify her music? Because I wouldn't say singer songwriter mm-hmm. if I were, which I did, Not for this. just listen just yeah. listen to this album, right? You couldn't you couldn't say that because I hear singer songwriter and and you're you're channeling like a, a Joni Mitchell mm-hmm. and Elliott Smith, different things like that. So um, I'd call it what would you, I'd call it
1: neo soul.
0: Very R and B focused, I think. Yep. Um, I would I'll I'll say this. I, I was wholly unimpressed with this album. Um I I I did not care for it really at all. I thought her I thought her voice was absolutely fantastic and on every song, um it not, it nothing rose to the occasion of her voice. Like nothing met her yeah
1: talent I I feel like that's just your racism coming through
0: it's absolutely not I'm (laughs) saying that she has a fantastic voice (laughs) and the music does not come close like if I were really like to compare her to like another uh British singer who does this like give me some Shade right like like at least then the music meets her yeah um you know it's it's Ah oh, man, I was just really disappointed, dude. So I, I, I'll I, say this: I I I put a higher bar for you on this, given how good the novel was, and then I start listening to this album. I'm like Jesus,
1: you didn't like bittersweet. I mean, the first track is great. I think that is the best track on the album, bittersweet. Incorrect. It's Incorrect.
0: This lovers' lament stuff, which is fine, right? But like. Give me, give me something more. This is, this is like something snappy. Give me, thank you very much. Was that the? Uh, was that it? Did you was see that it? it? Did you? See, Nick, I got Nick it. Got I got it from that lover's lament N- crap. None of this. This is one of my crap. favorite I want something lines. peppy, something snappy. I quit. I quit. I Quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. That I quit, is Mr. White. that
1: thing you do reference that you've been sitting on the edge I, of your seat for, listeners. Dude, oh
0: my god! I would sneak so the hell out of that. Like, come on! That was so good. That was expertly the, I mean, executed. If
2: that weren't my favorite line in that fucking <laughs> movie, I would have just breezed right yeah. past it. <laughs>
1: back to the album.
0: Um, back to the album. The yeah, first... I, that, I. That's my. That's my uh thing. My sticking point, dude, is like. Uh, it just felt like a, a like a singer that you would like look up at if you were listening to this in an elevator.
1: Right. So here here's my uh, and I've listened to this album a lot and I've listened to some of her other stuff quite a bit. I feel that this album maybe should not have been an album if it was a five to six song EP, including the Radiohead cover Weird Fishes, which is Phenomenal, and fuck yourself if it's you don't the, think
0: so. It's unfortunately the best song on the album. I hate when it covers the best song on the album.
1: I, w- I think that Bittersweet, though, the first one, is so good. And I think it's everything good. meets her where it needs to be.
0: But you, you harp so much on songwriting. Mm-hmm. And this is so loose. And where's the texture? Where's the, the, the things that she's doing with her voice echoed in the music? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing that 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 was my sticking point. Like nothing else rose to the occasion.
1: Did you hear when I said that this should only be about a five or six to song EP? Well, it,
0: well, <laughs> for me, it could have been two. You know what I mean? Like <laughs>
1: I think that there is a sameness that um, uh, permeates yes. through the whole thing, particularly with her voice, because she's got such a unique voice, and I feel like if you put this album on. Um, and you're paying attention to it a lot, or even, or maybe just kind of ambivalently. She just kind of is hitting like the same kind of tones, and it becomes a mm-hmm. little bit repetitive. And it's like, all right, we get it. That's what you sound like. You've got a probably one of the best vibratos you've ever heard in
0: your life. And it's not annoying. It's where it's, they're like yeah, trying mm-hmm. to do it, you
1: know. But there's there's too much of a sameness that comes across, which is why I said you know five to six songs would be really great yeah i
0: agree i i agree i think it should have been an ep of some kind uh and then perhaps with with the i don't know the onus on them to make five songs instead of what is it 12
1: yeah it's a bit long i don't know i don't have the track listing let me check they,
0: it they would have they would have perhaps had more time to, to to dig in um and and maybe we would have seen some stronger stuff
1: um, but anyway, so to describe this, it's definitely um, it's very smooth, and I feel like this type of music mm-hmm. it, it it when it embraces the smoothness too much, it does it does it a disservice. There's not an edge, there's no sense of danger in this music, and I think all music for it to be truly um, at least for me, for it to be captivating. I mean, ton ton of people love the smoothness, um, but for me, I feel like there yeah. there needs to be an an edge there's there needs to be um, the possibility of it going over a cliff Um,
0: yeah and and I think that's the thing is when you're thinking of it as as a listener who's not just trying to fuck then it's gonna be a little bit different for you like there was a time where I would absolutely put this on I'd be very glad that you introduced me to it (laughs) it is cool. i don't need it anymore it be, it be, <laughs> you know what i mean
1: it would be good for getting a little uh you know a little adult touch. it's
0: great but that's the thing it also then becomes background music and what do you want as background music you know what and i mean is this um, is
1: and that's a good question is this just very good background music if i may
0: yes
2: <laughs> so i i enjoyed this but i don't know i i only know how to talk about it in the um, the images that I got in my head, and the first was uh, a dimly lit lounge mm. with someone with a spotlight on them, and I'm drinking a, you know a whiskey neat. <laughs> and it's very and it's very quiet and somber and beautiful. And the other image I got is being at home, nice warm blanket. Um, and the other, the final one is laying on like a carpet with headphones on listening to vinyl records. Um, so that is all to say, It's very, do you need, I don't know if you need to be an active listener. I think it's a very passive record. I think it's something that you can enjoy on in the background. um, Or at a lounge when you're just out. Um, But again, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I loved feeling those things.
1: I like it, and I agree with you. I feel like this would be... And ha- sorry, I hit play. I'm trying to get the track listing, but my Wi-Fi is not working well. Um, this would be gonna get us sued. One of those. It's not for more than like a few seconds. This would be one of those artists where you'd put one or two of her songs on like a mixtape or a playlist, and people are like, "Oh yeah, that's what is that?" And they're like, "Oh, it's Leon Love." Um, but if you listen to the whole album, at least this album, it's. It becomes, um, I guess, underwhelming.
2: I would put "Can't Fight" on any mixtape ever. It's great. Is that a st- the fourth yeah. track?
1: You know, I, you know what I this don't know
0: made me think of
1: because I. Um,
2: it's a little rim shoddy. Yeah, it's nice.
0: <laughs> you know what this this made me think of, um, where Lisa Bonet is singing in high fidelity, in the movie, and he goes, he comes in, he goes, is that fucking? What does he say? Is that fucking? Phil Collins or, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or Peter Gabriel is it Peter Gabriel.
2: Oh, I can't remember.
0: I, I don't know. But in any case, and it's, she's doing the cover. Right. And it's yeah. like pretty cool. And everybody's really digging it. Like that's stripped down, right? Isn't that just a guitar and her singing? Yeah. That, that I think is, it would showcase her talent a little bit more. And that was my only thing, because I, 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 really, I thought it was so good from a vocal perspective, but the drums were like just real loose church drums in the back.
1: I don't, and I never like church drums. They're always, me either, they're dude. always too
0: perfect, you know? The, yeah. I, but, but there's, I, but they're not precise. They're just full of ghost note. It's just ghost note city. Mm-hmm. And everyone's and that's where the perfection comes in because you're always able to hit where you, they always, where you need to hit. they always
1: hit like the boom, boom, But, you know, they're always like
0: Yeah Accentuated nice Yes. Yeah. Rim shoddy,
1: if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Rim shoddy. Nice. Someone should someone should have said that.
0: Um I got a pigging competition over there at the livestock pavilion, and I am gonna win that blue ribbon.
1: <laughs> that is that thing you do reference <laughs> number two um i'm looking at uh, 11 tracks here i think on this album
0: yeah and and one's a cover so i guess it's it's 10 that cover is great i love how it starts the exact same way mm-hmm. and then they give it like what 12 just just it's, counts that you know what i mean like it's a long time before you get any sense of like how this is going to happen yeah it's a, and still be the same song
1: it's an 11 minute long song and that's inventive. And three you know minutes I mean? of like it is just hanging on, the, waiting for The, the drums
0: <laughs> with, like, with like one note every four measures or something. I, that's the thing. That, and I didn't want to say that the cover was the best one on the album because I never want that to happen. But it really felt that way because that was where I saw invention happening mm-hmm. and, and this kind of stuff that, that like you said, is, is um Interesting. And, and, and brings you in beyond like, you know, you could turn on any one of these songs and go, that's a great singer, but is it a great song? Which song? Literally any, any of them. them. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Well,
1: I would say, <laughs> I, I mean, so I would say that the first one is, did you listen to okay. the acoustic version that I sent you? I did not. Okay. Well then you should. And then you'd probably be eating your words.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: <laughs> so listen, listen, <laughs> listen to "Bittersweet" that um, uh, just acoustic version, because of a song. You know, this is not uh, this is a tried and true uh, test and saying for musicians. If the song can stand on its own with just a voice and an acoustic guitar, it's a song. It's a good song. Right. And um, she is such a good guitar player. And you don't really get that on the album, which is unfortunate.
0: I, I didn't. I, I'm, I, I'll agree with you there. But I, I totally believe you. Like, You know when um, certain singers like your boy, um, uh, who we did on the, the cast who drowned. Jeff Buckley? Jeff Buckley. Um, where you, you know that there's all this power about to be unleashed mm-hmm. when he's singing, you know, that reserve that's just, you're yeah. waiting for it. Like I felt that way with some of these songs, like they were moving to a place where I was like, Ooh, this is where it's going to take a turn. It's or, never, never know, went there and, and never went yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: I'm with you on that. It's yeah. again, part of that sameness. I think, I think we agree on this album. I think I just like it more and you just want to be contrarian. Just, <laughs> just to rattle my shamrocks, you motherfucker!
0: I know what the difference is, and what I would like to listen with a similar uh, vocal style, a similar singer, even like a similar British singer. Yeah, uh, the thing that I that I like, Adele, like is right? like Adele. no <laughs> like the th- like um the thing that I like is the drums, man. Like when I think of like something like Portishead. Yeah, you get you get that jungle drums going in the background like that trip hop stuff happening in the back and you you and it's interesting and also it makes me work to figure out what's gonna happen and and I don't need it to be complex and hard but the drums just need to be there in a different way and frankly that's probably it when I think about it you know give me yeah. some you know even like I said, Shaday, fantastic. And for me, it's usually because of how the drums play, out, how the rhythm goes. You know wh- where the turn is. Right. So, yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna say why and try and narrow it down, I think that's probably I can, it. I
1: can get behind that, right? And that and the drums would, if they're done right, and if the songwriting, you know, let itself be guided by the energy in a room. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it could push it to that level where that edge is uh, rewarded, you know, where it is, it, it's, 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 it blooms, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the, th- and, and I, not because I'm a drummer, but like, and this drummer is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They're a good drummer, but I think a great drummer makes a good band great. This
1: drummer's in the pocket, you know, and I don't know if it was the same drummer on all the tracks, but they're, they're servicing the songs instead of elevating them. Uh,
0: do you think they were a studio drummer?
1: I don't know. I have no idea.
0: She's a solo artist, so I'm assuming that it's... So probably, yeah. Yep. You can tell. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, I don't want to shit on it because it, it doesn't deserve to be shit on. I thought I thought she's a fantastic singer, and this just wasn't um, a fantastic venue for her voice.
1: Yeah, listeners, I, I'd encourage you to listen to uh, Leanne LaHavas' album, Leanne LaHavas. And if you disagree with Mahalik... Um, you can reach him at uh, 215.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> uh, Gregorio, Although Eric already has my number, so it's not going <laughs> to. <Yeah>, nice.
1: <laughs> what, do, what do you think, Gregor, besides um, uh, that track four?
2: Um, I, I liked it enough. I, I mean. I- it's not your everyday jam. I all- no, it's not. I, and because it's not, I don't know. I don't really know how to talk about it. I think, that's why these images came to my head, and that's why I felt they were so sufficient to be able to describe my feelings, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't listen to this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know how this music <laughs> is typically put together. Um, but I know that I felt nice, and if uh, that means it's pleasurable, I must be like it.
1: It is an artist who's got a wonderful voice, and she's also young. She's the same age as Raven Leilani. She's a 30-year-old artist. She's been out for yeah. a long time. Um and she is, you know, we could say she's still finding whatever it is or maybe this is just one um that's true. You know, angle of what she wants to do as an artist, you know. Yeah.
2: And it is a and good She's more ch- successful than I will ever
1: be. Yeah. Check do your do, do yourself a Z's. favor, listen to her um uh, Tiny Desk Concert. It is crazy. Ooh, good. I definitely will. Crazy I will good. definitely
0: listen to that. Yeah. Any final thoughts, guys?
1: Uh, Before we move forward into the beer, I th- have we said them? Pitchfork. I, uh, I, Pitchfork. I yeah, I feel like we're, we're pretty good. Pitchfork gave us a seven point eight, which I feel like is very, very fair. Yeah. I don't know if I would go higher or lower. I mean, if I was to do my own, I'd say oh eight or eight, but I see the seven point eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably between an eight and
0: an eight. I think yeah.
1: <laughs> if I see the 7.8, I'm like, yeah, I think that's,
0: I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, two tenths for something. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Great. Um, I, I think, you know, let's, let's move into the beer. Yes. We are looking down the barrel of a Guinness drought. <laughs> 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 um, Daniel, introduce us to what you know about Guinness, what you know about Erland, and I'm gonna
2: have to pot- crack this so I can pour it in my glass and drink Do it. it. Potato, potatoes. <laughs>
0: All right, so ooh, yeah, let's let's open them up. You can I'm always try and get it on the mic. mic. you can always tell when it's a Guinness.
1: Oh, that sounds nice. All right, so I will introduce you to Guinness with. A little bit of trivia. Ooh! Multiple choice. Multiple choice. (laughs) (laughs) That's necessary.
2: Hey, 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 hey! Look at that. Holy Let it
1: sit, you motherfucker! Don't you dare Mm. touch that! I'm not gonna drink it,
2: you fucking idiot, (laughs) amateur.
1: (laughs) Um, I almost drank it. Arthur Guinness signed a lease to the lands from which, upon the Guinness factory sits. For how long? A. 500 years. B, 9,000 years. Or C, it renewed every decade as long as beer was being brewed.
2: I think it's 9,000 years.
0: I was going to say 500.
1: Okay. It's B, 9,000 years. The original wow. lease was for 9,000 years.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: It was something silly, like 100 pounds a year or something. That number is probably off. Um, the lease has actually uh, been void because they Bought the land so they don't need to lease it anymore. They bought it and expanded it to 52 acres. Okay.
2: Holy moly. Mm. Guinness
1: trivia question dos. (laughs) Um, Guinness is brewed in how many countries? 30, 49,
0: 72. Holy shit. I didn't think it was even that many.
2: I thought it was one.
0: What are the ch- the options again? Um, Can
1: you I forget. <laughs> 30, it was 30, 30,
0: 49,
1: 31, 49, and um, uh, 72.
0: 31. Gregorio? Dead air.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh,
0: 49.
1: That's correct. 49 countries. Hey. Nice. Okay, we'll do a couple more. Um,
0: I I totally thought it was 31 because you changed it from 30 to 31 the second time.
1: And I can, was like, can we drink them before
2: we go on with this little contest of is yours? It, has
1: it settled yet? You f-
2: Look at the fucking thing. Ooh,
1: look at that bishop's <laughs> collar. Mm. Drink it. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, friends.
0: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. One of these days you'll say something, right? Oh,
2: sweet, fancy
0: Moses. All right. That is good. So
1: I'm drinking the coffee. I'm drinking the, uh, their newest offering, which is like a coffee one, which is eh, whatever. I'd be more interested in talking about the um, original one.
0: Yeah, that's the one I'm on now. I did the coffee one okay, earlier.
1: I needed a little uh, pick-me-up after my uh, five pints earlier this afternoon. Um, <laughs> it seems to have done wonders for you. I,
2: I feel yeah, a little, really. It didn't. It made you so far less uh, 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 insulting than you typically <laughs> are. I, mean, I don't feel like a pile of dog shit
1: now. I don't think. I don't think it did the job <laughs> right. Then I need to. I need to. I need <laughs> yeah. to do some Jameson to bring out those demons. I mean, yeah. Right. Circle <laughs> yeah. back around and be like, Oi! you!" Fu- <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna like in the edits, just plug it in. Fuck you, Gregorio, in <laughs> that accent for no reason. Um, yeah. So you're you're both looking at your Guinness. Tell me, what
0: color is Guinness? Red, red. Um, I'd say it's it's a very deep chocolate color.
1: Interesting. So I always assumed it was black. The official color is ruby red. And hold it up to the light. (laughs) He's
0: crushing it. You can
1: see the um, you can see that's ruby red. You hold up to light and it's it's great. So hold up the light. There it is. I'm gonna
0: do it. Oh wow! Right? Isn't that isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, even I got it right in front of the lamp and it is a it is a true very dark ruby red. Ruby
1: yeah. grapefruit red. And even people in Ireland, they say a pint of the black stuff. So it's it's, you know, interesting. Um, one more. One more trivia question. One more trivia question. Actually, this one's for you, Nick. True or false? Which one? Um, doesn't matter. Uh,
0: <laughs> literally two Nicks. It, it doesn't matter.
1: True or False. Guinness was one of the first companies to offer employee
0: benefits. Oh, so it's for me. Um, I'm going to say true because that'd be a ridiculous question if it wasn't. Yeah, just to fuck with you, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, employees who punched the clock at the company in 1928, just one year before the Great Depression, were entitled to on-site medical and dental care. And On-site? Holy right? shit. And more importantly, two free pints after every shift. Oh F- my yes. God! Also, Guinness also consistently paid its employees twenty percent more than other brewers and gave them full pensions. How awesome! How about that?
2: Say so you're supporting a good place, then, right? Yeah, there,
1: yeah, I love Guinness now. Yeah, for that for that reason. And, and, that and this reason is, alone. this won't be a question, but this is a little side fun fact. During World War II, Guinness promised every British soldier a pint of beer on Christmas Day during World War II. Um They made that statement before realizing that, like, half their workforce would be fighting. <laughs>
0: yeah. So... Um, That's not funny. I don't know why I A
1: bunch of retirees showed up to help to make that promise yeah. uh, fulfilled. Oh, That's awesome.
0: Right? That's glorious. Isn't it? You know what? Th- this is the thing, and I, I think about this a lot. Like... This is almost like folkloreish at this point, but do we have any of that? Is our country old enough to have any of that kind of stuff? You know, I'm sure like Doctor um,
1: Einhauser might have did something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus, I I just I I know that there's stories out there, and I bet you just have to mine them. That's the other thing: the sheer size of it. Is like there's probably all these tiny towns where stuff like that mm-hmm. happens. You know what I mean? Like even in Philly, I bet there's stuff that like isn't isn't public knowledge, but there's stuff like that where like this banding together. I just I love stuff like that. It just renews my faith in humanity. Well, we
1: were a young we were a young country, and then and then everything got shut down and erased essentially during Prohibition. Yeah. So any stories that might have had any
0: well i'm not talking about alcohol specifically i'm like like you know doing doing something that that involves an entire community to sort of rise to the occasion and 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 you know make good on a promise or or you know overcome an obstacle whatever the fuck
1: right well i'm sure i mean people did that in world war ii i think all over the place right people
0: yeah you have rosie the riveter and you have all these different people donated their
1: tires and they whatever
0: yeah, I don't know. I think it's also just the sheer the sheer mass you have. Like, Ireland is the size of what is the island the size of? Like a postage stamp, I think your regular, tr- you know, standard stamp. Right, right, right. right. <clears throat> no, but really, like Pennsylvania is it the size of our
1: state? I think you could probably fit eleven Irelands in the size of Texas. There we go. To put it, it's good. I don't. To put it in perspective, if you took a bus from Dublin to Galway. <clears throat> which are on opposite sides of the country. It's a two-hour bus ride. There you go. Skinnier than Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> Skinnier than <laughs> Pennsylvania. It's a third the skinny of Pennsylvania. Yeah. To, be yeah, fair, nice. to
1: be fair, to be fair, Dublin and Galway are one of the innermost, you know, inland parts of the country. But uh, to be fair, to be fair, well, um, Galway
2: might be one of my favorite places on earth.
1: Ireland. Galway. Oh, it's beautiful, right? It's magic. Oh my God, Jesus! We're gonna retire there one day. So talk to me. <laughs> talk day. to me about Guinness, guys. Um,
0: give me the flavors. Do you like it? So it, I, I get a. Um, I mean, they're for me very malty without being sweet. I get sort of a, a dark chocolate tang um, with it, and uh, I love the creaminess of it. And I'm always having to remind myself that it's not as heavy as it seems. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's, it's it's the lowest, a huge one, you know, and I've always thought that I will say this from having taken, I don't know how many Irish car bombs in my life. And, um, from, you know, just being a person who chugged beer for, Mm -hmm. for a large portion of my drinking life. Um, Guinness was never the go-to. I was never a sipper so I, I I never but I l- always loved the car bomb, but I think that was because I liked the sweetness of the bellies as I grow older um I appreciate it way more because it is a casual snazz and not a foot in your mouth rip your face off yeah. yeah um you know that i've been that i've been used to for so long, so that would be my uh quick rundown of the uh of the brew
1: and uh, as someone that is a uh, self um uh, confirmed lightweight. I love the casual snaz Guinness is like
0: casual snaz. is the best thing you can have. It's
1: like 4.2% maybe. Um, yeah. And I love it. I love the ritual. I love the look of it. I love that. Um, when you get a proper pint, it's always going to be in a nice 20 ounce glass. Um, I love the smell, the flavor, and uh, we think
0: about the uh, the half and half,
1: like a black and tan,
0: black and tan. Yeah,
1: no, I want. Give me give me a give me a
0: pint straight every time. I like the black and tan.
1: I like the black and blue. What's the mm. black and blue? It's Guinness with Blue Moon. That sounds like an abomination. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, man. fun
1: fact about me. Guinness was
2: the first beer I ever had in a bar
0: nice uh, yeah
2: nice i was like 13 years old my my dad I was on a hunting trip with my dad he took me to some dive restaurant in uh sullivan county pa he asked me what i wanted to drink and i said i'll have a soda he said no what do you want to drink
1: well, sullivan county <laughs>
2: yeah and i pointed at the guy i pointed at a guy I had a guinness on the table i said i want that and he goes oh you're a fancy
1: <laughs> right. and then i had that and it was, it was very fond memory
0: yeah that's awesome man that's a fantastic memory. the
1: first time i had a guinness was actually in uh dublin at a pub called john kennedy's right on the river liffey and uh every time i go back to dublin i um make it a point to at least walk by the place and look in like ah i know you i know you well
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there's a chance you said that river's name right the river liffey (laughs) I don't think there's any way that that's how it's pronounced. I I think it is. I
2: Okay. Yeah, they say some weird shit over there.
0: I've never been. I've always wanted to go. We were actually supposed to go um, for last year's spring break to good old Ireland. And, uh, yeah, no no go. I was going to inquire with you, dear sir, as to where to go and where to check it out. So it'll have to be another day, another time. Got a
1: list for you. Um, So, listener, if you ever get to Ireland – uh, definitely have some Guinness. A lot of people like to parade around the fact that Guinness tastes better in Ireland. And you only hear that from people that have been there, um, like on vacation, and they want to let you know that they have been to Ireland. Um, but I will say... Nice. It's the exact fucking same. You, it's exact same. But... You, <laughs> but
0: I, for, burned a lot of people right there. <laughs> well, it's everybody. Oh, it's so much better. It's like, all right, fuck You roasted them. Fuck yourself.
2: Yeah, and you roasted. know what else is better on a fucking vacation? The sunshine.
0: Yeah. The, the everything. Like, get over yeah. it. <laughs> so I will
1: say the flavor profile, I've been to Ireland so many times, probably seven or eight times. And, braggadocious. Um, braggadocious. <laughs> um, the flavor profiles are almost exactly the same. What's different is obviously the atmosphere, um, but the um, the body of the Guinness. The head is very mm. thick,
0: it's very full, and you get the rings going down the glass. So let me ask you, um, I don't know if this is folklore, though I think it's a uh, fact. The um, brewing process involved like liver like goat livers or something for a while didn't it or like duck livers there or something. was there was something fish that they, livers that they changed recently i think it was fish livers
2: Could i think it was goat or something like mm. that. it was super weird like sheep really yeah and they did it for i think they did it for humanitarian reasons
0: yeah yeah exactly Jeez. i think that i think yeah. that's that's what it was
1: yeah all right um Let's final thoughts on Guinness, and then we'll do a rating system. And uh, Nick will hit us with those socials.
2: Yeah. Uh, I love Guinness. I've I've loved it for a long time. It's a real treat. Um, don't be a douche and go to Ireland and say it's better there. Everything's better in
1: Ireland. Don't be a douche. <laughs> yeah, I <See> mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it is, but you don't need to like, you know, be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've I've said it many times on this cast. Guinness is my go-to. I'm so happy that. We got to do a cast on St. Patty's Day, and I'm so happy that I got my uh, second COVID shot on St. Patty's Day, and, well, and then I can go you live s- in the highlight. and then I can go and celebrate with many a pint at the Bishop's Collar in Philadelphia.
2: And one day we'll be able to do a show together. Together, and one day soon. Together,
1: one day soon. Yep. Yeah. Together. <laughs> Mahalik, thoughts
0: on Guinness? <laughs> um. Yes. I uh, uh, I just would reiterate that. I have grown to appreciate it way more as someone who was a quantity over quality person for a very long time, um, both in ABV and uh, number of beers. um, I have certainly grown to to really appreciate it. I do think that between a Boilermaker and a Car Bomb and whatever kind of dropping a shot into a beer you can come up with, the best one will always be a car bomb. I don't think there's any comparison. No doubt. I I, I think th- you you're fooling yourself to try and invent something else. 100 um, true. Uh, and and literally, I think that that is is what I, I will probably, you know, die with. Is if ever anyone is like, you want to do a car bomb, I will. Never say no. I'll
1: be around in 10 minutes. If sir. anyone
0: ever, if, if ever that's been said to me, if I have been crushed, beaten in a bar brawl, bleeding out on the street, and somebody comes up with a shot of Jameson and bellies and a pint, I will surely drop it and, and chug it and probably break the glass and kill myself. But it, it's, um, it's something that uh, I, I absolutely adore. So that's my Guinness take it's delicious. Okay.
1: All right. Um, I will give Delish. Guinness seven out of seven pots of gold. I know. <laughs> it's a short it's a short rating system this week.
0: I was ready to write something down. You don't
1: have to. Guinness, seven out of seven pots of gold. Seven's a lucky number. Pots of gold because it's um, at the end of the rainbow, which is... All right, Daniel, we get <laughs> pots of gold, for
2: Christ's sake. Uh,
1: um, I'll give Leanne LaHavis' Le uh, third album, Leanne LaHavis, Le self-titled, I'll give it four out of seven pots of gold, and I am giving Luster by Raven Leilani 6.5 out of seven pots of gold.
2: I uh, will go next. Um, uh, Luster gets seven out of seven pots of gold for me. I loved it. It was one of my favorite books I read last year, I think. My god, if you're if you're a reader, if you're a writer, if you're a human, right read that book. Um I will also give Guinness a seven out of seven pots of gold oh because gosh. it's it just doesn't you don't get better than that. Like people try and do Irish stouts, they don't taste like never. That. they're that it's that good. Um I'm I'm gonna give five out of five for the record. Well it's
1: out of seven, so okay.
0: It's out of seven.
1: Five out of seven <laughs> 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 great
2: I'll talk to you guys <laughs> see you <next. laughs> How are we going uh,
0: I, I'm going to echo I think many of Daniel's ratings here so I'm going to give Luster a six and a half out of seven um, f- pots of gold only because of the the few lulls uh, in the story uh, some of the things that are a little bit easy but it's fucking fantastic, and I'll echo Nick's sentiment with if you're a writer, if you're a reader, if you're a human, you should read yeah, it. the
1: writing is way better than the story, and that's what you go to this book for
0: absolutely yeah. the writing yeah, yeah, yeah. the writing Rose. and the
1: commentary
0: absolutely yeah. um and leanne the Le havis self titled album um I will give a four out of seven uh pots of gold and the Guinness. Um ah that's a tough seven one. Out 7 out of 7. recognize it? I, I recognize it, but I'm going to give throat. it a 5 I'm going to give it a 5 out of 7 pots of gold. Sleep with your eyes because open. Cuz I <laughs> I just don't <laughs> it's it's it is a flavor profile thing too cuz I I like a lighter fruitier beer. Yeah. And so that's mm. just that's just me. I'll put a mango in there and I'm all about it, baby. Put some fruit in there. <laughs> put some fruit <laughs> in there. No, I don't want you to put a fruit in there cuz I think that would fuck it up entirely. But yeah. Um, those beers that do have that, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of. A little more fruity. I'm a bit well, of a fruitman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: fruitman. Thank you so much for listening. This is Book Record Beer. Hey, happy St. Pat's. Happy Go Patty. get your shot if you can Two do it. Two weeks later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you want to check us out on social media, we're on Facebook.com slash Book Record Beer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Book Record Beer and Instagram at Book.Record.Beer. We're on Apple iTunes what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> we're on Apple we're on iTunes <laughs> and SoundCloud and all that stuff I will talk to you later sounding
1: off people are we on, are we later. on YouTubes
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: are- are-